Then there was four. We're all set for the conference finals, the National Hockey League. Thanks to a convincing 6-2 New York Ranger victory over Carolina. We are set. And the action gets underway tonight. Colorado and Edmonton. Nick Kiprios, Justin Bourne, Sammy McKee. What's up, fellas? What's up, what's up, what's up? Josh Santos on tech. Well, we got there. We're down to four. It's June. (laughs) Nothing normal, right? Nothing still getting back to normal when we're just starting a final four in the month of June. But we'll take it, right, guys? Yeah, good point. No, I, I mean, that was a, a bit of a bust of a hockey match last night, fellas. I, uh, I sure did enjoy the outcome because we have awesome, awesome conference finals. But, man, that, that, was, that was a bit of a dud. Bit of a dud so last night. I, you know, I was looking um, at some stats from the NHL.com. They always tweet out different stuff. And 96 of the 189 all-time Game 7s in the Stanley Cup playoffs, and this was heading into yesterday, 50% of them have been decided by a one-goal margin. So it's only, you know, one-goal margin has been 50%, so you would think a one-goal margin is a really good game or a close game. Mm-hmm. Just anecdotally, I feel like this kind of happens a lot in Game 7s, no? Like where it's like it's anticipated and then one team comes out, they look a little scared, they get up early and they win big. Like I feel I feel like this kind of happens a lot in Game 7s where you think it's going to be a great game and this kind of happens. It, Sammy, is there one that stands out? In recent uh, memory, <laughs> is it, oh yeah, leaf related. Or is I, just... I, I almost, I, I almost said f off on the radio. Like I was so close <laughs> to dropping an f on <laughs> Yeah, it just, yeah, I, 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 I seem okay. to remember something like that. All maybe, right. All right. maybe I don't know what it was, but yeah. Well, well we're glad everybody's on board here. Uh, we're live on Sportsnet 590, the fan, out of our brand new time, uh, 9 a.m. Eastern. Uh, wherever you're listening, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and Spotify. It's going to be a fun ride from here on in. Uh, as far as uh, the Rangers go, this is supposed to be a, a team that's really young and coming up. And now are they at the point where they're just overachieving? Or is there more growth uh, that can happen here in the next couple of weeks. We'll start with you, JB. Uh, you know, I, I think they're going to get cooked by Tampa. You know, I hate to be the... <laughs> <laughs> Thank Thanks for joining us, everybody. Yeah, yeah that's on the show. Why? Well, hey, sweep. <laughs> let me flesh it out. Let me flesh it out. It, it's... Uh, things went very well for this Rangers team, you know, who has faced a starting goaltender in 5% of their playoff minutes so far, you know, going up against Louis Domingue and, uh, you know, Peter Kochetkov, whose name I've been forced to learn in the last 48 hours. You know, that's, that's been a nice advantage for them. And Igor, they have a couple of things going for them. One of the best D-men in the league, one of the best goalies in the league, and a couple of guys who can score. It's a nice combination. Uh, I I had such a hard time with this Rangers team, and I want to say that it's fluky, and I want to say that they're maybe due for regression, but this season now is a complete success for them, and I think there's a little bit of house money for them now at this point. Yeah. No? Like, oh yeah. I, I know, I know that you know, like we talk about them earlier that 
it's a little bit overstated how young and up and coming they are with all the contracts that they have due coming up here. And I know I know that part of the conversation, but I don't think any, even the most uh, optimistic Rangers fan would have had them at this point of the season playing in the conference final against the Tampa for the chance to go to the final. So I think that Gallant will probably be playing that up talking about how they don't you know they weren't supposed to be here and you know they're bowling against the three time or the two time Stanley Cup champion. I really do feel a bit of house money with the Rangers here, Kipper. Do you agree? When you look at uh, the way the stars have kind of aligned for them all season long, uh yes, Sam, I, I do kinda agree with you and uh, case in point, uh, JB just told us uh, he learned uh Kachetskov's, uh name in the last forty eight hours and when he, gonna... in for, when he went in for when he went in for Ranta, you're gonna for, you're gonna forget his name in the next 48 hours. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> so, when we look at the Rangers' season so far, and we've got also Mike Kelly in, and we'll talk about this because, um, of course, he's a hockey analytics specialist uh, with the NHL Network Sports Logic. The one thing that has been clear right from the get-go when it comes to the New York Rangers as there is their numbers aren't very good. No. But they've always had Shesterk in there to back them up. And last night, when you go into a game seven and there's this trend of home teams winning, nobody really thought that it was just a foregone conclusion it was going to continue because you had... Shesterkin. And I said this before the playoffs start. I wouldn't trust Ranta for anything in these playoffs. And last night, case in point, once again, was it 2 0? Yep. When he left? When uh three two three. two or three I think it was three I think it was three whatever, actually I don't know uh, sorry anyway go ahead Kipper whatever whatever the case is th- there is still a little bit of a glimmer that you can rally oh, yeah. at that point when he left it was game was over in, in what three minutes two minutes yeah but uh, they... first shot on goal second shot on goal Kachekov came in they gave up two two on ones in about nine seconds. It's over. It's just over. And it just seems for me this this magic that the, the Rangers have been on starts with Shesterkin bailing them out. And then it, 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 it goes on to not only do you have your goaltending covered, you play the first two rounds and you don't see a, a, a solid NHL starter in both series to go to the conference final. When when was the last time that happened? That you're looking at third string goalies to get yeah. to a conference final? Like, boys, this is just a a one off like we've never seen before. Well, I, I agree, Kipper. What are your thoughts on Carolina staking their season on two guys? who have had these issues before, and you basically say there's no way they'll both be hurt at the most crucial time of the season. I mean, and they lost. They bet that it wouldn't happen, and it happened. Did you see those uh, those camera shots of Freddie cutting Anderson Freddie? up in the uh, cutting to they Freddie? They started cutting to him a lot, didn't they? So tell me yeah, something. They... You're Freddie, and you're watching that. How are you feeling? Hiding under the desk. I, I, I don't know. Like, 
what's wrong with him? Like, he obviously, you know, you look at Ronta, and Ronta was clearly playing hurt. Even before he got really hurt, you could tell he was favoring something pretty much the entire run. I, like, how hurt was Freddie? How long has it been since that Colorado game that he couldn't get into the game? He said he was available, maybe. They were, they were humming and hawing. I don't know, man. If I'm a member of the Canes organization, if I'm a coaching staff, if I'm a Canes fan, I'm waking up pretty pissed off at Freddie Anderson today. I Listen, I don't know how hurt he is. I think you guys were talking about the potential of him being available. I, I don't know. It's just it's two years in a row here where it's Mr. Mystery. You have no idea what's going on with him. But, boy, I wouldn't be thrilled. That's for sure. JB, they, they thought that he was in a position in the last week to at least back up. Yeah, you know, I sent you guys that uh, athletic article that has the quotes that some around the team thought he was going to be able to bounce back from his leg injury quicker and that, you know, Brindamore says, well, we'd have loved to have had Anderson. You know, like there, there's just a tone to it that it's like, yeah, maybe he was available. Uh, you know, some guys are willing to to play hurt or to risk it, and we're not supposed supposed to praise that these days right this is supposed to be a you know protect yourself for the good of your career and all that but there's a there's a large part of me as a hockey player that goes ah uh, get in there there, man there's a sense too that whatever's troubling now was this was the same thing and i am not confirming this i'm not reporting it but there's a sense that whatever he went through last year with the toronto maple leafs is the same thing that he went through uh now really Really? So, so they have did, the same two guys under contract did, for this upcoming did, season. Did, did something not get fixed there? Did they, would you know, like, it's strange. Two years, two years in a row, the same scenario from the Toronto Maple Leafs to Carolina for Freddie Anderson? I mean, could it, Kipper, it, is, there's the possibility this is just terrible luck for Freddie, and he's just hurt and you know that's the way it is and just that's the way it is i can't you know i just got hurt it's unfortunate whatever uh i think that what teams would have liked in both cases is more clarity like if the doctors Mm -hmm. say you can go when you're on the ice we don't we're not asking you to be at a hundred percent like they're just the vagueness is what i'm talking about with the frustration from the team as a fan what can you play if you're cleared to play let's give it a go be well, the back I tell of you what, uh, I, I just wonder in today's day and age um, where the fine line is on where you as a management team, a coaching staff, how hard you want to push these athletes. Because I know uh, not too long ago the way, the, the way it was, right? Uh, you know, you really had to be really hurting or 100% injured. Uh, to to miss a playoff game, yeah, it, oh. and I don't know. Like we go back to the the all or nothing for the Toronto Maple Leafs, and just the questions that Kyle Dubas and Sheldon Keefe were asking themselves about Frederick Anderson back then, and is he or isn't he? And I don't know. And you know, all of that, you're just wondering, whoa, is it gone too far? where these guys just completely get to say whatever they want to say and no questions asked. So th- there's a there's a there's a this a story that I heard about, you know, Frederick Anderson and Fred Frederick had a bit of a, a reputation out of Anaheim for if if it just didn't feel completely right, he's not he's not he's not pushing it. 
He's not going out there. And I guess there was this one game, you know, when, when Lou Lamarillo was the general manager of the Toronto Maple Leafs where uh, he got, uh, Frederick Anderson got probably hit or nudged and uh, just didn't feel quite right. And one of the trainers or one of the assistant coaches gave word uh, up to the press box to Lou Lamarillo, said, uh, you know, Freddie's not feeling right and uh, uh, he's he's going to take himself out of the game. And Lou left the press box, went downstairs, <laughs> went into the dressing room, talked to Frederick Anderson. Freddie's out there for the third period. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I, I, I don't know today's day and age how hard you want to test it or push it and – you know, and, and I'm not suggesting Lou went in there and, and was kicking and screaming. I don't I don't know. Maybe he was, maybe he wasn't. I don't know. But there could have been a scenario where he says, Hey Freddie, you're fine. Uh yeah. you know, you're it you you're okay. We talked to the trainer, he did a few things with you, he tested you, you're gonna be fine. Just just go back out there and give it a try. And the uh thing, he did and he finished the game. The thing about you know, the discussion we're having here, which is about playing through injury, playing hurt, not injured, pushing yourself, and then pushing others. You know, I, I certainly, um, I had a junior coach, Kipper. I blocked a shot, uh, I guess a bone bruise or a hairline. You know, I couldn't put pressure on my foot. And he took my crutches away after the game. <laughs> he goes, you know, he was like, you start relying on this, it's never going to get better. You know, like completely anti-doctor stuff. <laughs> and, and so my point here is that, like, if you if you're a hard ass with these guys about playing through stuff, you're inevitably going to make it worse for someone. You're going to push someone who shouldn't have been pushed, and it's going to come back to you. And there's going to be lawsuits and media reports or whatever. So everyone errs on the side of caution. But with that, it's given guys such a wide berth to sit one out or a practice out or a stretch you know there's got to be some happy medium where a coach or a gm can say to a guy there is some expectation that you're available no one feels good right now you know like what are we talking about and of course you can't get you don't know how a person feels but there should be still you should still have the ability to lean on a guy a little bit god and i don't know what's going on today sammy you tell me you're you're the Uh, youngest here uh like general managers General managers and coaches now are teams scared of just uh, throwing out the narrative that JB just gave us because it can come back and backfire on them and 100%. agents come back and it's like, you forced me to play when I was hurt and here comes oh, yeah. the lawsuit Villain. years later. Yeah, but at the same time, you should just want to play. It's the Stanley Cup playoffs. Your team's right. on the line. That's the best like, point. That, like, that's, you should just want to play. Listen, like I've never played at any level of hockey, but like if I got a sore leg and I'm playing in the Stanley Cup playoffs, I think I'm going to play. But I, I honestly think the biggest blame here falls probably on the front office of the of the Carolina Hurricanes, and you guys alluded to it earlier for depending on these two guys. Like, what have we seen over the past couple of years from Ronta and Freddie Anderson? And this is a really good hockey team. I like the Canes team. Great defense, lots of depth up front, good players. 
and they just got sewered by bad goaltending here. Like, it's one game, I understand that. Ranta had other good games in the series, but man, when it came down to it, it came down to the goaltending. You got out goaltended and your season's over. I think a lot of it has to fall on the front office, depending on a guy like Freddie, who got a lot of money. Like, was it four and a half million bucks per year? Mm-hmm. And then he's under yeah. contract for next year as well. So, I don't know. I, I, I'm really. So. I will say the Leaf fan L's today, a Leaf fan W today. You guys can take a little <laughs> bit of st- uh, solace in knowing that Freddie Anderson isn't going to stand on his head winning the Stanley Cup for the Carolina Hurricanes. So there's one, there's one W for the Leaf fans out there. Well, I'm going to take the W away for a second. Oh, <laughs> come on. Okay. I, I am. Just I'm took taking it. it. No, no, no. I'm taking it because it's, it's, it's you know, connected here. And oh, you boy. nailed it, Sammy. You nailed it. The onus is on the management team because you bet on the wrong horse. But, but hey, that's Kip, it. Hold Kipper. on. Hold on. Hold on. So there you go. Freddie Anderson has a reputation for, for uh, not playing in the big games. Uh, Ranta had a, a, a reputation for, for getting hurt when, when, when the pressure was on him to be a, a number one. Yep. And, Kyle Dubas bet on the wrong horse with Peter Morazic because if Peter Morazic plays, uh, you avoid Tampa Bay in the first round. If Peter, what's that? Wait, what? If Peter Morazic is yes. healthy all yeah. year, you avoid Tampa Bay. Right. In the playoffs, you win a few more games in your first round. Yeah, softer. Yes. Yeah. Well, here's here's my only defense of Carolina's management is they had Nadelkovich and Mrazek, and they said, uh-uh, we don't like that, and they were validated on both guys. You know, they For had sure. to do something different. They were right about getting rid of those horses, but then they brought in the wrong horses. They brought in <laughs> better bad horses. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. One guy who's got the right horse is Gerard Gallant. No there kidding. is no yeah. question uh, let's go to our first Kipper's Clipper on Gerard on, hey, we're good, but we're far from perfect. I think in the playoffs, like you said, there's a little bit more of a buy-in, competitive blocking shots, doing the right things to win hockey games. you got to pay a price to win games in this league, especially against, you know, real good teams like that. And I love the way our guys are competing and battling. And, and I said it a hundred times this year, we're not perfect, but we find ways to win. God, do they ever. He knows they're not good, okay. eh? <laughs> listen, listen. We're not perfect, but we find ways to win. Yeah, he, the way you find is between the pipes. That's how you find ways to win. Like, he, last night, he was unbelievable. I, like, I save on Tara Vinen? Oh, my God. And the one on Svechnikov right after they made it two zip, the, yeah. the one where he pushes across, like, he just, there's something about him that, you know, when you watch players in all sports and you watch, you know, watch hockey, watch everything, you watch him and he's got it. He's got the star, the superstar, it factor, the ability to rise in a big game, knows when his, his team needs a big save. I truly wa- love watching him play goal and I'm not really a goalie guy. It's, this is going to be, if you're a goalie, like Mike McKenna, this, this series, he must be so fired up. Vasilevsky versus Shesterkin, maybe the two best goalies in the league. It's going to be a goalie guy's dream. He, um... He's got that, you know, you mentioned it factor. It's arrogance. That's what it is. He's got this con- cocky, you know, like he took take the penalty on Domi the other night. He fires the puck up the rink. He's shooting at empty nets. He's waving the penguins off the ice when they beat him. He's, you know, he's more than just like, 
what a nice player. Like, he is competitive. He's cocky. He's excellent. He's like, yeah, fully has the it factor. Couldn't agree more. And he's got some warriors in front of him as well. Uh, Lindgren. I'm I'm watching him not put any pressure on his ankle. And he's out there finishing the game. I'm like blocking shots crazy. up four. I was like, don't he, let him out on the ice anymore. Hey, he's gonna hey. he can't play any <laughs> other way. You you, you, you you can talk all you want about the Lamborghinis, McDavid, McKinnon, McCarr. This guy is full pickup truck. <laughs> <laughs> and you need pickup trucks this time of year. It's true. Pulling your Lambos through the mud, eh? <laughs> little little Silverado, 95 Silverado out there just diving in front of shots. Absolutely I love, love this I, guy. Yeah. Yeah. What, what a game last night for him. What would you guys think of the Teravainen hit, His the hits on him? Uh, the, there was the one that he kind of, after Teravainen took the shot, then the one from behind, did he, did he catch those? Uh, well, was, oh. The one that I remember the most is uh, – uh, the one that uh, Nino uh, uh, Niederreiter hit uh, was it Lindgren in the in the boards? You thought that yeah. was right on the numbers? Yeah, I thought it was from behind. I don't know, maybe it wasn't a big deal. The, but either way, the, one of the times that Lindgren got hurt and went to the room and came back, uh, full full on warrior performance from him and the rest of the what, Rangers. What about the the Truba hit? Seth Jarvis, like again, you you you. If you're gonna take out a player that's you know hurting you a little bit. They went after the right guy because this guy has been fantastic. Hard to believe Seth Jarvis can come in and make a, an impact on, uh, for Carolina, but, like, what a hit. I've got a theory that these young guys just don't expect to get hit anymore. So the guys who actually do hit, yeah. like, it, it, like they, they have such an advantage okay. now, these big hitters, because guys don't if, have their heads up. If, if you really think that way and you've, and you've got access to every highlight in every game the whole season and you think that Truba's never done that before, you're, you're crazy. You're, you're, you're an idiot. If you right, really think that there there's There aren't many Trubas. But Truba's one, and he's on the ice. <laughs> he's on the know, other team. <laughs> know who's on the Read ice. the game notes. <laughs> right? Like Touché. It's, it's Truba. It's one guy. Like, I knew when I had Dave Manson on the ice. Right. I knew when Scott Stevens was on the ice. It's like, guys, what do you think? It's a uh, walk in the park here. This is uh, an uh, mid-August uh, uh, skate with your buddies. Like, this is Truba, man. He's going to take your head off. Yeah, this you guy's know? carved out a nice I, niche for him. I saw a lot of actual kind of negative backlash of that hit floating into my Twitter feed last well, night. And listen, if you think that's a bad hit, we can't watch hockey together. I'm telling you right now, though. That's as you, good as it gets. You can't enjoy that hit anymore without people just no, – it doesn't matter. Clean or not clean, it doesn't matter – there's some people out there that think that doesn't belong in the NHL anymore. And as long as they have body checking, uh, unfortunately, the head will always somehow either directly or indirectly be involved, whether it's uh, uh, on contact or, you know, uh, a residual effect of a shoulder hit and yeah. there's a whiplash involved. But it's not leaving it's not leaving unless these guys get together, and I'm talking about not just the owners, but the players as well, and say, hey, 
it's getting too rough out there. Let's let's curve curb it back. That's not happening, people. No, like UFC exists. All of us have accepted that we we like to see some physical contact. This is a contact sport, and if you run into each other going fast, some people are going to get hurt. That You just kind of have to live with that to enjoy hockey, and if you can't, there are plenty of sports without contact, and I'm not trying to condescend. I'm just saying, this is a contact game. It's going to happen. That's a great piece of contact, great defense. It's intimidation. Uh, one of the reasons that the Rangers are effective, J- Jacob Truba. Just one more one more quick note before we get to Mike Kelly. Just wanted to bring up Chris Kreider. Uh, 14 career goals in games when, a, uh, when facing elimination. Surpassed 15 now, Ovi Sammy. For, Fifth, you got 15. 15, sorry. Yeah, 15. Yeah. yeah, so it's just one past Ovi. Most among active players. And boy, was that breakaway a nasty power forward goal. Oh, uh, Sammy. Out, he just outspeeds him and then just cuts it to the middle. Just. No angle. Backhand. Top corner. Beautiful. Sammy, I know that just completely uh, reminds you of Mikheyev. That's definitely oh, the guy who comes to mind. It's like <laughs> it's like you leveled yeah. up Mikheyev. <laughs> yes. you know, uh, listen, I'm I'm just joking around. I'm just being a bit of a, a, a dickhead here, but yeah, I'm, I'm I'm telling you that those type of guys that can do that, they are far and few in the NHL, man. Like I. And who was hunting him down? Uh, Slavin, and he was humming. And he, the power and the speed and the finish for Chris Kreider there, uh, not many guys can do that. Um, And I'm just, I'm kidding around with McCabe, but McCabe has that, he has that ability to go from A to B in that straight line with the same speed and the same power it just it it did remind me of him because we watched the Leafs so much but obviously uh Kreider now is at another level that uh yeah McKay is one of the guys is striving for the, you know that move taking the puck across the net with his speed took him to a 20 and a 30 goal scoring pace this year adding that element it's obviously not on Kreider's level but still all right let's go to crunch some numbers here with the New York Rangers because uh you know, you go to the carnival and you get those bent mirrors and, you know, it just seems a little distorted. And <laughs> maybe Mike Kelly can tell us a little bit about the New York Rangers here and how with uh, analytics is this team in a final four. Let's bring in Mike Kelly. Mike, how are you? Hey, guys, I'm doing well. How you doing? We're good. We're good. Uh, a little surprised to wake up this morning and see the New York Rangers in a final four, especially with the... Uh, the numbers that you saw all season long? Yeah, a little bit. Um, goalie. Goalie helps. <laughs> uh, yeah, we kind of touched on that. You know, it can make a difference, especially in one game, right? So, um, they, you know, I, I, I still say the last couple months of the season, their numbers, you know, those underlying numbers, those kind of things, they, they did, did look a lot better. Um, they weren't very good in the Pittsburgh series in that sense, but um, yeah, they're playing. They're playing, not, you know, pretty well. Carolina is a team that can, you know, shot volume wise, uh, territorially, you know, be on the right side of things far more often than not. But um, I give the Rangers credit too. It is more than just goaltending. So. What kind of chance do you give this Rangers team? You know, it's easy to sit here and say, ah, oh, they haven't faced a starting goaltender and, you know, a lot, a lot of weaknesses and all this. But, I mean, hey, they're coming off a hard-fought series. Tampa's been at home sleeping. You know, you give you give them a shot against the Bolts? Yeah, I give them a shot, for sure. Um, 
Tampa obviously going in as a favorite. Um, you know, I was down at the NHL Network this past week, and, and one of our researchers pulled this crazy stat. He said the last seven times in a, in a conference final, one team uh, is coming off a sweep and the other is coming off seven games. The team that swept has lost seven in a row. Wow. Which kind of blew me away. I, I thought, you know, yeah, probably wow. the other way around. Um, so, you know, it, it's, you're going to have a great goaltending matchup, first of all. And um, I, I give the Rangers a shot, though. They play quick. Um, you know, like I said, Tampa's obviously the favorite. Uh, they've got the best defenseman in the world. Um, their goaltender is probably the only guy who can outplay Shesterkin on a game-by-game basis. But, yeah, absolutely give them a shot. Mike, when we look at uh, certain matchups, uh, we were talking about Lindgren and uh, how he looks like a pickup truck out there just, uh, <laughs> you know, doing everything yeah. he can to to help the team win, um, sacrificing so much. But then they've got... Uh, They've got a guy like Adam Fox, and Adam Fox has been on uh, on on a quite a tear uh, in, in the last little while in, in terms of uh, his production. And uh, I'm just wondering now, can he go head to head a little bit? Not in the physicality department, but can he can he match pace of play or controlling the game uh, as much for the Rangers as Headman can for Tampa Bay? Uh I, I don't I don't know I don't think in that sense in terms of the pace of play like the the thing with Victor Hedman that's, that uh, blows me away all the time is he can you know pinch up in the at the blue line to, to try to you know cancel out a play and he's fast enough to get back if if somebody does get around him um, I, I think he's one of those defensemen where that's a great way to put it control the play where Adam Fox is more that cerebral. Um, you know, can make a, a really smart heads-up little outlet pass or um, or play in the offensive zone to keep a, a possession alive. I think it's a little – his his style's a little different, um, but incredibly effective, obviously. Um, the guy's putting up big points, too. So I think they're a little they're, – they're different in that sense. Um, but, I, I, you know, more and more people are going to get to watch Adam Fox now that this is a, a conference final, and obviously the spotlight's a little brighter and just all the little smart things that he does throughout the course of a game. Um, I mean, Kipper, you, you know, Brian Leach, uh, those comparisons get made. Yeah. And I wonder if that, yeah. you know, when you watch him, if he reminds you of him. Yeah, he does. But you know, the one thing I'll tell you guys about Brian Leach is, you know, he, he's a strong man. He's built solid. And I don't think that, uh, that Adams got that same type of build to in this time of year. And we saw Tampa Bay, they, they pound you. They'll come after you. And I think Mm -hmm. at times I've, I've seen a little bit of wear and tear on, on Adam Fox. Um, But you know, there seems to be a little bit of juice now coming off of this uh, win last night, but that would be my first target as I can't target headman. Like I could target an Adam Fox when it comes to the physicality. Yeah, yeah, you got that right, dude. You know, you can you can go try to hit Victor, and you'll probably yeah. bounce off him if you yeah. can even get to him. So, um, that's that's a good point. Um, well, I'd be surprised though if if Tampa's able to really get in and pound Adam Fox. Just again, the, how smart he is, and 
yeah. elusive he is also. But, you know, they'll try, that's for sure. Yeah, for sure. Well, And we saw this happen in the other series, uh, other conference, where Sammy Girard was, you know, not a huge oh. guy, and he took a big lick and, you know, no longer can help out Colorado in this postseason run. Uh, looking at that series, uh, it seems like most people, and I think I would – would have lumped myself in with this uh, a month ago. You would think Colorado would just steamroll this Oilers team, but boy, the Oilers, you know, we talk about juice. The Oilers have some juice right now. Mike Smith can get hot. Their top guys are rolling. What, what are your thoughts on, on how that series shapes up, Mike? Yeah. Do you guys not think they're playing their best hockey of the year? Oh, they are. They're, they're, since Woodcroft's come in, right, they've got a great yeah. record, and, you know, they, they even defend a little better as a team. They're, yeah, they're good. They do. They do. And so, I mean, Colorado is obviously the favorite. And, but, you know, you start breaking it down. Goaltending, is that a matchup where it could go in Edmonton's favor? I think so. Um, you know, both guys are capable, mm-hmm. but could Smith outplay Kemper? Absolutely, he could. Special teams, they have two terrific power plays. Um, Colorado's penalty kill has been struggling. Could the special teams battle go in Edmonton's favor? It could. And, and then you get the best player in the world. Um, so, and you're right, they have, they have defended better. Um, you know, one, one of the things that's always so impressive about Colorado, one of the reasons they're a very successful team, is they not only produce so much off the rush with, with all the skill and, and the speed that they have, but they don't allow very much. The, to be that good in transition off the rush and not allow it, it is rare. And they do that better than anybody. In the playoffs this year, Edmonton has scored 14 goals off the rush. They've only given up five. Colorado scored 10 off the rush. They've given up 11. So what if Edmonton wins that battle? You can start to make a case why this should be a competitive series at the very least. Um, but, you know, ultimately I think the, you look at the middle of the lineup and that's certainly deeper for Colorado. Um, in terms of production, I think Edmonton's has been better in the playoffs, but in terms of, you know, talent, um, I'd go with Colorado there. And and the blue line, I mean, it's just terrifying when you've got Devontae, Zakiel McCarr, and uh, even with Sammy Gerrard out, all those other guys too, uh, Johnson can skate, et cetera. So um, I think it's going to be fun in a competitive series, though. We're joined by Mike Kelly, the NHL Network and Sport Logic. Uh, I'm going to throw this out to, to to you guys, and we'll start with you, Mike. But does this have a chance to be the fastest NHL playoff series we've ever seen. <laughs> I hope so. I hope so. I mean, you know what? I, I even I did a thing on McDavid versus McKinnon uh, down at the network a few days ago. So I, I'm lumped in with everybody else who's been, you know, really pumping that matchup. Um, but it made me think after maybe it should have been McDavid versus McCarr because I think those are actually probably the two. You know, whatever you want to call it, fastest, most dynamic skaters in the series. McKinnon's, you know, more power and, and a little different, but um, yeah, Evander Kane. Uh, there's a lot of guys that can move in this series, so I think so. Gee, you know, Nate's listening right now, going, <laughs> what, "What did I say? <laughs> what? <laughs> Who is that guy?" <laughs> ah, he never played. He doesn't know. It's all good. Yeah, the old fallback. Um... Yeah, it, it is shaping up to be a fascinating Final Four. Um, I, you know, I think for, for fans, this is the first time there's been six first-round draft, first overall picks 
uh, in moving on to the conference final. If you look at the four teams as they shape out, Mike, do you, do you like one? Do you have one that you see coming out? Are you still a Tampa Bay guy? Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, Colorado probably on talent. It's funny you talk about those picks. You go back, um, you know, you play that game of how things could be different when uh, yeah, Edmonton took Nugent Hopkins first overall, Landis Cog went second to Colorado. Uh, and now they wow. play each other. Um, so, yeah, I, I think Colorado on talent, but you watch Tampa Bay, and, you know, I think Toronto was the betting favorite in round one, correct? And, you know, a lot of models predicted Toronto. Um, and Florida, you know, people certainly thought it was going to be a lot closer than what it was. I just, I'm going to go full, you know, not my style here at all, and, and it's just like there's a will to win that thing that you can't quantify a kipper, right? That playoff hockey, that these guys just seem to be able to do more um, when it comes to selling out and sacrificing and timely saves, timely goals. I guess they just, they, they've done it. So they know what is required. They're not trying to figure out what's required. There's some element, something to that, that they have um, that these other teams, you know, Colorado's finally in a conference final. That's great. Um, Will they be able to match that if they if they play in a cup final against Tampa? I don't know, um, but Tampa's done it. We know that. Well, will to win. Uh, I mean, we've got we've got some great kids now in this final four, but the one that stands out with the will to win more than anybody, it's Connor McDavid. It's this guy. His biggest fear right now is going home in the next 10 days and watching two other teams play for the Stanley cup final, this guy, um, yeah, it's just, it's just mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually, all of it. He is so tied in right now. Yeah. Well, McKinnon too, right. You watch and you listen to him. Um, not as much for me as McDavid. Not, not as much. He's got, he's, he's done a terrific job so far. He's doing what he needs to do. But Connor, up until this point, is above all of them right now. And I don't know what game one brings, but yeah. as of now, it's Connor. I'm so excited just to watch this this puck drop. I mean, and they're going to, you know, that's I think that's McKinnon, uh, Landeskog, Nachushkin uh, will be the matchup line against McDavid's line. So, um, you know, puck drops with these guys on the ice. And you, you put the world-class talent with what you're talking about, that, that – yeah. Incredible will to win. Um, it should be one of the best series in a long time. I and mean, we all thought that about the Battle of Alberta. This should be an incredible series, and it was. I just wish it was longer. But it lived up to the hype. You know, this one could be better. So I'm pumped. Mike, really appreciate your time. Thanks for doing this. Enjoy the game. All right. Thanks, guys. Anytime. Take care. Thanks, Mike. Mike Kelly, NHL Network, Sport Logic. Hey, that funny stat about six first overall picks being in the conference final. First time ever. There's only been four before. How about this stat? The okay, Colorado... quickly name them. Quickly name them. Oh, uh, Eric Johnson on Colorado. McDavid, Dreisaitl, McKinnon, uh, R&H. Is that five? Am I at five? Dreisaitl, Did not mention... Dreisaitl. You said first overall picks? Yeah, uh, who else we no, got No, not Dreisaitl. No, you're right. Wasn't so, Dreisaitl third? It's McDavid, RNH, uh, McKinnon, Johnson, and then the other series has who, who are first overall picks. Oh, Lafreniere. Lafreniere. 
and then one on Tampa. Oh, um, Stamkos. Stammer. Bam. There you go. See, I put the pressure on you, and you just delivered for us. <laughs> how good, good you are. Who <laughs> figured it out? Sammy, um, you good, buddy? Sammy's on mute. Sammy, you're on mute, buddy. Sammy's a mess. Uh, we got nothing. We got no mixing. That's He's all right. Make, making air words. That's uh, all right. One, one um, other stat before you, you throw us away. Uh, yeah. Colorado is playing their 2009 draft in reverse order. The first round, they played Matt Duchesne. Second round, Ryan O'Reilly. Third round, they get Tyson Berry. That is their first three picks of the 09 draft. <laughs> <laughs> Where did wow. you read that? Ah, uh, you know, Twitter. <laughs> don't Twitter's give away. Don't give away your sources. <laughs> yeah, first sorry. rule of thumb. I mean, uh, an agent. All right, yeah. Sammy, we're gonna go to break. Okay. Yeah, Thumbs let's the break, boys. Sammy. There he is. All right. Nick Kiprios, Sammy McKee, Justin Bourne. Let's take a quick break, and we're back after these messages. Breaking down the top stories in the NHL every day. The Jeff Mary Show. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Nick Kiprios, Justin Bourne, Sammy McKee. So I want to pick up on uh, Mike Kelly's uh, comments before we went to break. McDavid versus McCarr. Um, zoom, zoom. But, Sponsored by Mazda. But <laughs> McKinnon's the first thought. I, listen, Kale McCarr is a hell of a player, and he's had a hell of a year, and he's really, really good. Yeah. But please tell me that this isn't, uh, you know, still not McDavid versus McKinnon, guys. It is. It is. And also, Mike Kelly was way too nice to you for implying that Nathan McKinnon isn't as hungry as Connor McDavid. Nathan McKinnon will eat the heart of young children to win a hockey match. I know. I, this... <laughs> but, but but I'm just talking about that's that. It's fine to to fe- to feel it, and uh, but as far as seeing it game to game, that's where I'm saying McDavid's. Nightly. Above everybody else. Yeah, I'm not going like, to argue that M- point. McKinnon hasn't brought it every game like we've seen McDavid. No. McD- and yeah, no, I, I agree with that point, Kipper. That's fine. That's all. Um, yep. And the McKinnon stuff uh, in the press conference yesterday, did you happen to hear any of that? We have the clip. I Do did. We? Let's, oh, let's play it. Producer. Let's play I don't know. I mean, he, I think he's the best. I said it. Uh yeah, I think he's been the best for a little bit now, and um, it's going to take a full team effort to stop him. And same with Dreisaitl. So, um, but they're they're deeper than teams give them credit f- for sure. I mean, they're very deep. They wouldn't be where they're at without the full team effort. And uh, for me, um, I'm not really thinking about that a whole lot. Uh, obviously, I see that stuff, but um, you know, that's to hopefully that. Gets more viewers and lowers escrow, but other than that, I don't care. (laughs) (laughs) See, that's the business side of every player. Nate's like, I've been making six and I'm worth 12. I can't afford the escrow help. Oh, my God. And don't think for one second, not only Nate, but every other player in the league were doing backflips to see Carolina out and the New York Rangers with the, the most expensive ticket in. It's about as good as you could do. 
if you're the league, like no Dallas Stars in this year, no, like this is, there's fans. These four teams, Colorado, Edmonton is so exciting. Uh, Tampa Bay, New York Rangers, so exciting. Uh, one thing I want to note off the top of that clip is McKinnon sounds annoyed to me when he's like about talking about McDavid. He's like, I've said he's the best. Like you guys already made me say it. I've said it. Don't make me say he's it again. A grump. He is, he is such a grump. a grump. He is. So is McDavid. Yeah, but that's, I'd rather him being grumpy than super happy. For sure. You know, Come on. Uh, Eric, it's like Eric you Carlson. Want, you want them hungry. Yeah. Eric Carlson had some quotes about Mika Zibanejad and how he recently added that to his game, that Zibanejad can be competitive and serious. He didn't used to have that, and he's a better player for it. Players are better when they get like this. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. And McDavid, for the most part, he, he can be grumpy, right? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. He's surly. He's surly. Yes. He hasn't had any many reasons to be he, happy. So. He's 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 wasted a lot of time, you know, trying to get to a Stanley Cup so far. He's he thinks he's on the clock, and he should feel that way. He's half his career. He hasn't come close. Now he's sensing it for the first time. Yeah. What do you think the dream matchup for the league is here? Ra- Rangers Oilers. Yes, I think you nailed it. No, <laughs> I don't no? think the league. I don't think. ESPN and TNT want anything to do with uh, Canadian uh, viewership. Really? Yeah, it's always been the case. Yeah. It's only one market. Oh, sorry for carrying the league. <laughs> Canada. When you can have two markets involved, why would you just want one if you're uh, American television? They, they, they prefer two teams in America. That's, I don't understand why there's no ratings credit or whatever it is given for Canadian viewership in the U.S. Like, I don't know. If I'm a Home Depot and I'm advertising on a U.S. network, like there's Home Depots in Canada. Still going to be good for your company. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Never made sense and, to me. But Sportsnet, if, if we know the – the big prize for Sportsnet or Hockey Night in Canada all those years were the Toronto Maple Leafs. They double and triple ratings. Now, Connor is the second best choice. So that's got to be super exciting uh, all the way around in this country that they they get to see one of the best players uh, ever to play the game now in his prime. Come on. Uh, I I am so excited for McDavid McKinnon. Like, I... Uh, maybe they'll fist fight. Like, honest to God, it might be like a Getzlaff, uh, Joe Thornton thing where these two guys just, like, trying so badly. Yeah, like, I honestly feel like there's going to be some real fire in this series. And and you know what, guys? Both teams are porous defensively at times. Not Colorado as much, but, like, there's going to be action up and down the rink. I'm I'm fired up. So what are the predictions, boys? Got predictions. Uh, I, I, I got to think, uh, Colorado's the deeper team here. And if, uh, if their goaltender Kemper can make the saves that he's supposed to make, I, you got to give Colorado the edge. If mm. Mike Smith gets out of the first period without giving up two or three goals, uh, I think Edmonton has a chance in game one. I, I'm going to, I think Colorado's going to win the series, but if Edmonton can take that first game, things you know that's a big big swing i honestly think the first period is huge because this this to me could overwhelm mike smith but, but <laughs> no but he got he got overwhelmed early against calgary it didn't uh there's plenty of point. time to rebound like that that's exactly what happened to him in, against calgary and 
God, everybody was saying sweep, sweep when you watch those early goals go in yeah. against Mike Smith. That's I, a good point, Kipper. I got a funny feeling here. I like I've been saying, I don't know. When the greats get this close, I know Kipper. You said they're only halfway there. Got to win two more series, but. Yeah. McDavid knows that he might not get back here for a while. Like, you just don't get this close very often. I- I'm saying Oilers. I'm saying Oilers in six nice. or seven games. Nice. All right. Well, we'll look forward to that. Um, God, it's going to be – like, I think it's got a chance to be one of the fastest series I've ever seen. 100%. Yeah. No, I think so too. And, you know, the one thing, Sammy, with that is, like, I don't think McDavid's getting zero points tonight. You know, I would agree. <laughs> so, so spot Edmonton one or two because he's going to factor in. Yeah. Sammy, did we go the whole hour today without any Leaf talk? Are we going to set it up for tomorrow? We got. Well, we'll talk some Leafs tomorrow. But you made fun well, of me for the. You mentioned the Leafs when I said Game Seven sucks. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're Sammy. We'll talk the good about Sandine's is... contract. We'll talk about it tomorrow. You got the rest of the day to just hang out. Our thanks to Mike Kelly for joining us today. Wherever you're listening to us uh, on your favorite podcast, give us a rating and review. We'd love to hear from you. Nick Kiprios, Justin Bourne, Sammy McKee, back tomorrow.